Welcome back, Fight Fans. Welcome back to another edition of Unbiased Boxing Talk with the IBFP. And I got Miss Spicy in the building. Hey. Now, look, we got to break it down honestly and objectively as possible. Demetrius Boo Boo Andre has officially withdrawn from the Zach Parker fight. Now, there's a lot of controversy about this fight uh, that he withdrawn from. And the reason why is that, you know, the purse bid and everything would have made Demetrius Andre's purse around 182 to 183,000. And a lot of people felt like, oh, he's justified to pull out because of that. Some people feel like he's wasting his career. So we're just going to break down what all of this means. We're going to give our two cents on it. And we're going to be unbiased and as objective as we possibly can. Ms. Spicy, would you like to go first? Sure. I mean, really, at the end of the day with Demetrius Andre, he he did this to himself. He's ruined his own career. The man is, what, 34 going on to 35 and what has he done with his career? Absolutely nothing, right? He's never fought a champion. He's never taken a risk. You know, he pulled out of the Charlo fight. He what well, he didn't want the Lada fight. He didn't want the Sergey Devranchenko. And he dug Janabek. I mean, the Janabek fight honestly could have been his best fight ever. And, and he potentially could have gotten way more money than he's getting or than he could be getting with the – could have gone with the Zach Parker fight. But he chose not to take that risk. The main thing that you see over and over again with Demetrius Andrade is that he does not take a risk. And that is why people do not care for him. This is why there, there's no interest in him. He's ruined his own career. And and that's and I'll tell you this. That's not the only reason people don't care for Demetrius Andre. This is the same Demetrius Andre who said Canelo lost to a very basic Demetri Baval. But this is the same Demetrius Andre who would never move up to fight this very basic Baval. If he's so basic, and, and you're focused on your legacy and making history and big fights, you're two times the size of Canelo. Why didn't you move up and fight Bavol? Because he why, doesn't take risks. Why didn't you move up to 175 and fight Kovalev or anyone there? He, he doesn't want to lose. He he thinks that this whole, oh, and, and again, it's, it's caused by the whole Mayweather thing, right? But all these boxers, for whatever reason, want to keep that O, but they don't understand that when you keep that O, you're not challenging yourself. You're not becoming great. You're not becoming better. You're just really trying to play it safe. And that's ultimately what he did. That's why he, he'd rather have lost the belt than actually fight Janabek. I mean, I, I'll give you this about Janabek. So he pulled out of the Zach Parker fight twice. So I'll start from the beginning with Demetrius Sandra. At the very beginning, um, Janabek was mandated as mm -hmm. his mandatory WBO opponent at 160 pounds. So what did Demetrius Andre do? He said, I'm going to think about either possibly moving up or staying put. And he was thinking about it, figuring out what he wants to do. So he wasn't 100% committed to moving to 168. It, it appeared to me on the outside looking in that he's trying to weigh his options. Is it, you know, is Zach Parker a harder fight than Janabek when you're looking at the guy's styles and everything? It appears that Janabek would have been a much tougher fight. There was actually a public demand for a Janabek fight. And what did Demetrius Andre do with the first dangerous mandatory that he's ever had in his entire career? Everybody else was Home Depot employees. He get the first dangerous mandatory of his career. And he said, you know, what? I'm going to move up and fight Zach Parker. Everybody was disappointed. This was what people wanted to see. Finally, there was a fight that people wanted to see Demetrius Andre in. Finally, a fight that people were excited about. And what does he do? He, he ran away. Up. He yeah. moves up. So then that's fine. You move up. And then he pulls out of the fight. Supposedly reporting 
because of an injury. Mm-hmm. We can't verify that, but we'll give him face value. We'll say it was an injury. Fine, that's fine. And what was the first spin? Uh, it was it was a lot of money, and Demetrius Andre would have got over a million dollars, one point mm-hmm. one, I believe, and that's because Matchroom bid as well. On this second bid, only uh, Queensberry Promotions bid because Matchroom was not interested, the Zone was not interested in the fight, ESPN's not interested, Showtime's not interested. Literally, nobody's interested in a Demetrius Andre fight other than the people who want to match him with their guy, and that's Queensberry. So he could have gotten at least one point one million, and he pulled out. He did. Nobody forced him. Nobody said, hey, it's canceled. He was the one that did that. He walked away from it. Uh, Zach Parker has a belief that Demetrius Andre has been playing games the whole year. That's Zach Parker's belief. I don't know if it's true or not. Zach Parker believes that this guy's been playing game and he's pretty upset with him. Um, Zach Parker signed up for this fight twice. So there's some idiots in, in these boxing Forum saying, oh, Zach Parker's happy. Why would Zach Parker be happy? He believes he can knock out Andrade. He's seen Vanis Monterosian drop this guy. He's seen this guy get cornered by Liam Williams. So he feels like he has a chance. Well, he was robbed out of even just the experience. Like, you, as a fighter, I'm sure you want to still be active. And, and test yourself. Right. And, and you then, basically had a, almost an inactive year yeah. while you're scrambling to find an opponent at the 11th hour uh, because Demetrius Andre feels like, his worth and his value is more than what was bid. Your value is based on the demand for people to see you. Mm-hmm. There's not people all over the world saying, oh, the Saudis, they want to pay $100 million to see Andrade. <laughs> Andrade and Anthony Joshua don't get the same, not the same, same. money. Mm-hmm. Canelo and Andrade don't get the same money. And here's why. Because you get a demand based off your name, your brand, and what people believe in you, what promoters believe you're worth. And if you're a promoter, how confident are you that Demetrius Andre won't pull out of a fight? He's done this multiple times. He's done this with Jermel Charlo. He's done this twice to Zach Parker. He's done this to Sergey Devryanchenko. How many times do you have to pull out a fight before somebody say, this guy's not reliable? Mm-hmm. He burns bridges like nobody's business. But back to my original point. So you, you see Demetrius Andre, the guy, you know, with the Jana Beck and everything. That was a fight that people wanted to see. And at the end of the day, you, you see, when, when it comes to Demetrius Andre in the whole Janabek fight, let, let's just be honest about it. He moves back down. You know, he, he says, I'm going up to fight Jan- um, Zach Parker. He moves back down after the injury to 160. The fight's called off. He pulled out. It wasn't rescheduled. He pulled out, moved, moved, moved back, back down, moved back down to 160. And that's why they did not elevate Janabek at that time. Demetrius Andre was still holding on to the title. He had not decided. Until he was forced to make that decision. Until until he was forced. So he's still holding on to the belt. And he's at 160 now. Still has to take in a fight this year. And says, hey, Chris Eubank, how about me and you fight in December when it looks like the Chris Eubank-Connor Ben fight was in limbo? He's like, Chris Eubank, how come me and you can't fight in December? Let's go. UK, baby. Big payday. We can make a lot of money. So the funny thing about that is all you was focused on the payday. There's no legacy in fighting Chris Eubank. You're, if you fight Chris Eubank, you're going to get stripped of your title because they ordered you to fight Janet Beck. What are you going to do, apply for an exemption? I mean, honestly, we just got to be honest about it. There was no benefit in you fighting Chris Eubank. Nothing. Nothing. You get nothing from fighting Chris Eubank. Now, maybe a slight payday bump. And that's all he was interested in. People were mad at Canelo for saying, hey, this guy's just interested in a payday. Because he is. Mm -hmm. So you move back down. Your dangerous mandatory is still sitting there. You completely ignore him and say, I want to fight Chris Eubank at 160. 
Then you turn around and said, okay, I can't fight Chris Eubank. I'll move back up and fight Zach Parker. Does What part of that does not look like you're avoiding? Janabek. All of his actions don't make sense whatsoever. Nothing. Like, what do you do? He is playing games. He's playing games because he's unsure because he does not want to take a risk. And, and so how do you call out Chris Eubank at 160? You got a whole mandatory sitting there looking at you and you say, eh, I'm good. If I can't just get Chris Eubank, I'm going to move back up to fight Zach Parker. We know the route that you wanted to take initially. That was not Janabek. That was Chris Eubank, who had already been beat by Billy Joe Saunders, and you wanted him simply because of money. Now this guy, you know, Chris Eubank is fighting a welterweight. Like, and, I mean, I mean, come on. And like, it's, it's so guys. it's so ironic that he said, you know, he he's so set on trying to get that payday. And then what happens at the end? One hundred eighty three thousand, hundred eighty four thousand. That's what you would get. And, and you know, and to him, his ego is not going to let that happen. And, and I think this is the most disappointing part for Demetrius Sanjay with me is if you stop chasing paydays and you chase legacy, the money will come chase the legacy and the money will come you will get more money if you chase the legacy listen to what the people want the people were not happy with your career the people were not happy if you really wanted to fight canelo if you really wanted to get that smoke you would have moved up to 168 a long time ago and you would have tried to fight one of those champions if, if you were really about that business callum smith he was on matchroom boxing you know that right mm-hmm Dimitri Bavol, he was on matchroom boxing. He could have moved up to 68 or 75, took a challenge and fought either one of those guys. Why didn't you do it? Mm-hmm. Don't don't sit up here and say, oh, Canelo fought all these easy guys or basic guys, but you wouldn't fight he none of them. He should have done it as he well. He had the opportunities, and he slept on them. He passed on them. If you follow the legacy, your money will come. His He didn't follow legacy. He was trying to follow a paper trail that burned out on him. Well, and, and honestly, what he should have really done is, yes, I know you're getting 183000 I know that it's not something that you want, right? But at the end of the day, what do you want? You want that Canelo fight, right? You want that big payday. So he should have invested in himself and still fought Zach Parker so that he could be in line. And then now it's, I fought somebody. And, and, and now it's a mandatory fight. Yes. And now if you do get that fight, and Canelo, for whatever reason, did vacate like his fanboys say he would do, right? His fanboys say, oh, Canelo would just run from him. Okay, if that's true, then why don't you force his hand? Force his hand, and then you'd win another title in another division because he didn't want to fight you, right? Right. It's it's really that simple. And then you go undisputed at 168 because you said this is an easy division. Canelo beat a bunch of easy opponents. Then you show Canelo, hey, I'm going to go undisputed at 168. And so when you vacate all these titles, I'm going to fight all these guys. I'm going to fight David Morrell. I'm going to fight David Benavides. I'm coming for it. I want to fight all the killers. But I'm not seeing that action from Andrade. I'm seeing him moving in a certain way where he's payday focused, and I don't like that. But that's okay. Look, let's break it down some more. What's the next best fight for Demetrius Andre right now? I'd say it's David Benavides. I mean, if he wants to stay relevant somewhat, right, because I don't think he's relevant like that. I think this is the 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 most intrigue that he's gotten because it's more like you, you lost. You lost some money. But um, – he needs to fight David Benavides. They're, his team, David's team said they're open to it. Let's make it happen. So let's make it happen. And look, I, I'd like to clear up something first because a lot of people start with a narrative about David Benavides and his team. Oh, Samson, you know, his manager said that they want $7 million for the fight. And without that $7 million, 
they're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna take a fight with Demetrius Andre. I just want to explain that David Benavidez, his father himself, and his team have debunked this narrative. And they basically stated, and I quote, we're not asking for what Samson said, the $7 million. So let's sit down. We want Andrade to be comfortable. We just want to get that fight. It should be an easy fight to make, end mm -hmm. quote. So you see that these guys saying they're not asking for the $7 million. It should be an easy fight. They want Andrade to be comfortable. David Benavidez said in a separate statement with Fight Hub TV that, hey, I just want to negotiate with Andrade and get fair amounts, really. This is really what he's saying. So you have two separate interviews, one with his father, who runs his whole team, and then one with David Benavidez. Both are open to negotiations. Both are not demanding $7 million for the fight. People are conveniently ignoring those facts. So at the end of the day, Demetrius Andre versus David Benavidez makes all the sense in the world. I mean, both of these guys claim to be boogeyman. Both of these guys say that nobody wants to fight them. Both of these guys desperately need a big fight and a big name to elevate their career. And both of these guys want to fight Canelo Alvarez. So wouldn't it make sense when Canelo Alvarez said, hey, these guys need to fight each mm -hmm. other? Canelo could be out for a year. We don't know for a fact. And Canelo Alvarez, next mandatory to be called, could be the WBC. If that's the case, wouldn't it make sense that Demetrius Andre said, I'm going to fight David Benavides, I'm going to try to get on pay-per-view, and I'm going to do everything I can to make that fight. And if he ends up fighting David Benavides, I will give kudos to Andrade and Benavides for finally coming together, being the first two guys out of all these fighters to finally step up and fight each other. That's what I want. See, a lot of people don't understand. I'm not a fan of any of these guys. I'm a fan of boxing first. I'm a fan of greatness first. Follow your legacy and the money will come. And, you know, if Andrade fights Benavidez, I will give him all the credit in the world. Just like when he was about to fight Janabek supposedly, and he never did. Had he took that fight, low, I mean, low reward, high risk. I was giving him credit for that. Mm -hmm. And I think boxing fans would have been eager to see Andrade. They, if he could pull They would have off, respected him because he's... It would have been a massive amount of respect. Yes. People would have wanted to see all of his fights, and they would have demanded more from him. They would say, we want to see you fight this guy and that guy. Then you would have seen the masses show up. And yeah, yes, um, Janet Beck's not a big name, but he's a name that people wanted to see. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not about being a big name. It's a name that people want to see. And I think that's the most important people thing. People want to see exciting matches, you know? And and then I think the money will come. I think the uh, just everyone wanting to see this fight with Dave Benavides, the excitement will be there for that fight. And that's how you grow your name. That's how you grow your brand. Exactly. And, and this is a, a, a stylistic chess match. I mean, Andrade, if he fights Benavides, he's going to be the faster fighter. He's going to have his jab pumping. And he's going to have his footwork moving. He's, he's going to need a lot of footwork in that fight. Um, because if David Benavidez touches his chin, he's done. Yeah, it, That's really what it, David Benavidez is a calculated pressure fighter. He's going to come forward all night. There's nothing Andrade that's going to throw that's going to hurt this man. So I expect David Benavidez, if this fight does happen, to come forward in a similar fashion to Joe Joyce, where he's going to come forward all night and just look to demolish this guy and demoralize him. And if Demetrius Andre can be a great counterpuncher, mm -hmm. move in and out of the pocket swiftly and maintain that for 12 rounds, you could see a, a victory either way. My personal opinion, I think David Benavidez stops him in eight rounds. My personal opinion, I think Andrade slows down towards the mid rounds. He's he's had he's had a long layoff in that activity. If that fight is next, I think Benavidez pressures him, corners him, stops him. That's my opinion. I think Andrade has a chance because he has good footwork. I would never write him off. He's too good of a fighter. A lot of people think I don't like Andrade. 
I'm actually a big fan. I like him. I think he's a good fighter. But I got to keep the same energy with him that I do with everybody else. I think Benavidez stops Andrade in eight rounds, and that's no disrespect to Andrade. But Benavidez is a big, strong fighter. Styles make fights, yep. and I have to favor him well, in that way. David Benavidez doesn't really necessarily even belong at the 168. Now, if he can make that weight, of course, it's going to be – it's basically going to be – you know, a, a brawler versus a boxer who will win on that one. I think just because we we have seen uh, Andre, you know, rusty in the ring, him getting tired because we've seen that as well, and him getting touched. I think that ultimately is what would be his demise in a David Benavidez and an Andre fight. Absolutely, and if it happens, we can't wait to see it. But if Andrade doesn't face David Benavidez next, and he face a low tier fighter, he has no one to blame but himself. Because men lie, women lie. But the facts don't lie.